So I've got a couple questions that I'm going to need you to really think about over the course of the show. One, is Conor McGregor better suited to be a politician, even president of a country for that matter, rather than a UFC champ? And also, is Taylor Swift quite possibly a better pro athlete than her boyfriend, Travis Kelsey? These are big questions and you deserve big answers from them. And we're getting into both of them, plus so much more. Outkick the Morning starts right now. Hello, everybody. Welcome on into Outkick the Morning. I believe it's Thursday. I say believe because honestly, every morning I wake up and don't really know what day it is, but I'm pretty sure it's Thursday. So that means we're almost to the weekend, which is great news. I also must say I'm feeling fantastic this morning. I had a great night worth of sleep, which is not so, you know, something that happens so often for me. I, I often wake up a lot in the middle of the night last night. Did not wake up once. That was fantastic. I really got a kick out of the debates last night. Uh, I loved that everybody was bringing it full strength against Nikki Haley because the things that that woman says blow my mind. Absolutely. Uh, also, I got a pedicure last night. And for all of you out there who have gotten a pedicure, it's literally heavenly. Uh, in fact, I got a phone call from someone during my pedicure who was a man. I'm not going to mention any names, but they're looking at me through the control room right now. And they actually mentioned that even as a man, they completely love getting pedicures. And they were like, do you judge me for that? And I'm like, no, I don't judge anybody who likes to get a pedicure. It is really one of the best feelings because think about it. You walk on your feet all day, every day. Your feet need some love too. They are very important muscles of your body. You get a nice little foot massage and your toenails end up looking much better. It's a win-win situation. Uh, but enough about that because I talked about a couple very important questions that I needed to get to over the course of the show. So let's get to the first one. My first one that I posed to you is Conor McGregor for president in Ireland. Hmm? What do you think? The UFC star has floated the idea of running for office in the past, but now seems more serious than ever. This week, he took to X and explained why he would be a better alternative than the current comp competition if he runs. He looked at all of the candidates, and he said all of them with unbreakable ties to their individual party's policies, regardless of what the public outside of their parties feel. Now, these parties govern themselves versus govern the people. Then you have me, 35 young, active, passionate, fresh skin in the game. I listen, I support, I adapt. I have no affiliation, bias, favoritism toward any party. They would genuinely be held to account regarding the current sway of public feeling. I'd even put it all to vote. There'd be votes every week to make sure I can fund. It would not be me in power as president. It would be the people of Ireland. It would be me and you. Honestly, from these two posts alone, He's already said more to me. I'm not, I'm not a, a resident of Ireland. I won't be voting in this election, obviously. But as someone who would be voting in any type of election, this is the type of things that I would want to hear from a candidate. So even though I won't be voting, he's got my attention. Uh, he's speaking very thoroughly, very eloquently. Uh, I respect everything that he's saying so far. Now, McGregor has also been outspoken in recent weeks about the politics in Ireland following the stabbing of three children in Dublin, in which the suspect was claimed to be a foreigner. Now, the UFC star had a lot to say about Ireland's immigration policy, which occurred simultaneously, you can remember, with the mass ridings, which allegedly landed McGregor in hot water with tabloids reporting that he's being investigated now for inciting and hate speech, which 
of course, makes absolutely no sense and paints an even poorer light on the politics going on in Ireland currently. Now, according to a poll that he put up on X, it seems like people are really taking the prospect of his running for president seriously. He asked people that if he did run, would they vote for him? The answer overwhelmingly was yes. There was nearly 220,000 people voting at the end of when this poll closed. Connor came in with 88% of the vote. Honestly, again, I've already mentioned that I think he'd be a good candidate, but why not? He's already truly laid out such an eloquent case for himself. He is fresh skin in the game. He has no self-serving interests. As a former UFC champ in the lightweight and featherweight division, which by the way, he was the first UFC fighter to ever hold two simultaneous titles, he knows what it means to fight and also to win. That is a mentality that not everybody has, that not everybody can have, and also he's young. He's outspoken, he's not afraid to stand up for what he believes in. And he has been showing us sports fans that for years. He's a proud countryman. He already has made plenty of his own money. So there is no need to get involved in shady politics or corrupt deals. And actually, it reminds me of somebody else who used to be president. Not in Ireland, but here in this country. Ringing any bells to any of you out there? In fact, I actually remember Conor McGregor calling Donald Trump the USA GOAT on MLK Day back in 2020. Listen, that says a lot about what he looks for in a politician, and I can imagine would hope to emulate one day if the occasion does indeed arise. He's already showing off his anti-establishmentarianism, calling out the older politicians for attempting to remove the word woman from the Irish constitution and using this tactic as a diversion instead of getting real work done. He's also responsible for donating millions of dollars to Irish causes, including hospitals in the country, he also built homes for the homeless in Dublin, and he saved a gym from shutting down during COVID. So to the people of Ireland, I imagine there's plenty of you out there watching and listening, right? Why not? Uh, who cares about preserving your liberties, right? This is, or, or rather, we do care about preserving your liberties. Excuse me, I don't want to misspeak there. Uh, but we look at Conor McGregor as a man who will help you to do that. He has already showed you in recent weeks and is ready to help turn around the policies that are running the country. And sadly, also ours here in the United States. He's the pure definition of the people's president. And what more could you ask for instead of that? Uh, now, he's not the people's president, but he is a man of the people. And with that, I bring in Alka contributor, David Hookstead. How you doing, Charlie? Happy to be um, here. You like that? Man of the people. How do you feel about that title? Well, I think um, I myself am a bit of a man of the people. I think Conor McGregor <laughs> is obviously that as well. I mean, I don't, I don't think he will ultimately run to be the leader of Ireland, but I do think that he deserves all so, the credit in the world. Okay, oh. why, why don't, why don't you think this is actually a real po possibility? Do you think, you think this is just a way to get clicks? You think it's just a way to draw attention to the horrible politics going on in Ireland and to get people thinking about what they actually need in a leader? Like, why, why don't you think he would run? What's his purpose for putting out all of this information otherwise? Well, because I think he loves his country. He loves Ireland and he probably is very disappointed with what it has become with the migration situation, with the chaos in the streets, with the violence. But there's a big difference between being a voice for your people and then wanting to run for office, which is a very boring, dragged out process. And then if you win, now you have a lot of stuff that you probably don't want to do, which I think bothered Trump personally. Look, Conor McGregor is a fighter. He's a big personality. He's rich. He likes to party. He seemingly gets arrested at least once a year. He lives a bit of a bad boy lifestyle. 
I don't think he wants to give any of that up. And it's way easier for him to serve as a voice uh, on social media and interviews than actually have to go through the process of getting elected, which I promise you, Conor McGregor would hate once he actually did it. You're right. That would be not so conducive to the lifestyle that he lives. I don't know that. part. Well, then again, and actually he's not in, in such great standing right now, but Eric Adams, <laughs> mayor of New York City, he was like one of the prime partiers uh, at the beginning of his being elected into office. I remember constantly seeing him out. I mean, I would be out at Zero Bond, which is a place that I have a membership to. It's a members club here in New York City. Always would see Eric Adams. But obviously people were like, uh, excuse me, we have like so many problems going on. Why are you out uh, but you do remember that they are real people and have real lives as well. But you're right. As a politician, you are con you are expected to conduct yourself in a certain way. And Connor even takes that to the next level. Um, yeah, getting arrested is probably uh, not such a great look. No, and he seems to do. And I like Connor McGregor. I'm not I'm not bagging on him for that. But he seems to find himself on the wrong side of the law at a surprising clip. But I like the guy. But he's not going to be president of Ireland as much as as entertaining as it would be. Okay, right. Um, okay, so from the potential president of Ireland, or maybe not so potential, we will find out eventually, I'm sure. Uh, but I, I do tend to agree with you. Although, again, great thought. Uh, something that I would love to see. I would love to see a lot of politics get flipped on their head in various countries around the world. Uh, but let's turn to the politics going on in this country. The leader of the free world, Joe Biden. Uh, the man, every single day, we notice just continues to lose it even more. Uh, and here is one of his latest blunders. Let's take a listen. I wanted to play lacrosse, but you had to choose between lacrosse and football. You couldn't play both in the same season. Since I was a powerful six foot, 158 pound <laughs> flanker I was the runner up a state scoring championship. Don't laugh, man. As they say in football, I got soft hands. Kiss a lot. So Joe Biden talking about how he couldn't play both football and lacrosse, so he had to make a decision because uh, Lord knows Joe Biden was a, a star athlete, right? Every team would have dreamed of having them on, on their squad. Uh, he had to make a decision. He couldn't play lacrosse because, you know, choices. But then you remember to yourself, wait, football's played in the fall and lacrosse is played in the spring. What do you mean you had to make a decision? That makes no sense. So my question to you, is he truly just senile? Or do you think he's really a pathological liar and he just makes up these stories to try and reel people in, anecdotal, oh, I'm the, I'm the comforting grandfather type, you can look at me and trust me. What's going on with Joe Biden? Because every time he opens his mouth and says things like this, I have to wonder to myself, what, what the hell are you talking about? Well, I think the easiest explanation is often the most correct explanation. I think it's your first theory. I mean, the guy is what in his late seventies, early eighties, he walks off stages, doesn't know what direction he's going in. He's trips going upstairs. He falls over sandbags on stages. I, I think he's a very old man. And part of me feels bad for him. Does he have no one in his family who wants to pull him aside and say, Hey, you're an old man. You shouldn't be president. Like enjoy the rest of your life with your grandkids. And instead we're doing this whole song and dance. We've seen this movie before. It's a complete circus. I feel part of me genuinely feel feels bad for him. And the other part of me thinks it's very selfish for him and his family to allow this to continue because he, to me, is not playing with a full deck of cards. And if I live to be in my 80s, I hope someone is graceful enough to tell me your brain is slipping as they often do in old age. Step aside. You're not meant for this anymore.
Well, he can't step aside, though, because he already admitted it. He literally admitted it on camera that because Trump is running, he has to run. I mean, if Trump wasn't in the picture, would he be in the picture? Quite possibly not. I mean, how, how about the, the fact that he doesn't even have the mental capacity to realize? I mean, you are a lifelong politician. There are certain things you do not say on camera, whether or not is actually how you believe. I mean, there's more evidence well, that, of it. That goes to the arrogance of Joe Biden. He is so arrogant. His ego is so big that he views himself as this heroic figure in American history that only he is capable of stopping Donald Trump. And thus, he must do whatever it takes. That that comment, quite frankly, is is crazy because he's getting crushed in every single poll. So what is he even basing <laughs> that off of? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what he bases a lot of what he says off of. So I unfortunately, David, cannot answer that question for you this morning. I, I don't think I'll ever be able to answer that question for you. In fact, I'm so sorry. Well, I, I wish you could because the rest of the country would like to get the answer as well. Uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of answers that people deserve. Um, quickly, I don't know if you watched last night. Did you get a chance to check out the Republican debates last night? I did. I watched about the last it, half of it because I was coming back from an event. So I saw about half of it. What do you think? I mean, I thought that was also, quite frankly, a circus. Like, this is uh, to run for second place. <laughs> Trump's up by, what, 70 points in the polls? Yeah, I mean, look, debate. I love I love a good train wreck as much as anyone else. Like, I'm not against that at all. But these people, as much as I like Ron DeSantis, as much as I find, you know, it all to be entertained, none of these people are going to be the nominee. I don't really understand the point of this. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I found it to be pretty entertaining, but not from the perspective of, oh, I'm getting real answers from somebody that I might actually see in office one day. You know, we're all watching this with the same mindset. We, We understand who is going to be the nominee at the end of the day because they're up by, what, 47 points in the polls. Uh, There's just no chance anyone's catching up to Donald Trump. But I did appreciate last night how people were calling out. I I appreciate how everyone was calling out Nikki Haley because, quite frankly, I I listened to her speak on the regular, and I hear things that come out of her mouth uh, that are mind-boggling to me. And I love that everyone saved their receipts and were able to call out with information, uh, and they had it to back it up. And I also, I love that now we got the new meme with Vivek Ramaswamy holding up the uh, memo pad saying Nikki Haley is corrupt, but then you saw people on Instagram or um, X rather taking off the uh, the writing. So then he was just holding up a blank notepad. So now, you know, from now on, we're just going to see like constant memes of him holding up the notepad and people are going to write whatever they want on there. So, you know, lots of uh, exciting things came out of the debate last night. And Chris Christie just constantly sounds like such a moron. So I uh, always enjoy hearing him uh, try to do a bad stand-up comedy show on the debate stage. Well, um, okay, Nikki, but let's move. Oh, oh. Go ahead. No, sorry, no, 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 no. Speaking of. Well, Nikki no, Haley David. represents the worst, represents the worst parts of the Republican party. I don't know why anyone would vote for her. She brags about wall street donors. It's an absolute clown show. I don't know if she thinks it's 2004 right now, but that woman will never be president nor should be anywhere near the white house. No, totally agree. Uh, her stance is on so many different issues that she then said last night, oh, I never said that. Yes, you did. Uh, because there's a video of you saying all of these different things, whether it's about like, uh, you know, doxing people on social media or trans rights or your big donors are going, you know, from being broke to a multimillionaire. I mean, there's just so many illegal immigration. Just, there's so many topics. Uh, but let's touch on another politician uh, who has been stealing some headlines recently. George Santos obviously was expelled from Congress. Uh but according to your article, which this was, I got to say, my favorite line. This is on Outkick.com, everybody, if you want to check it out. 
Uh, don't hate the player, hate the game. Uh, George Santos is killing it financially right now. He was making $174,000 a year while in Congress. Now, this week alone, he has, he has hopped on Cameo, which is the personalized video platform. I'm also on Cameo, uh, if anybody wants a shout out. Um, but anyways, he's charging $250 a pop. And in one day alone this week, David, he made $100,000. Okay, so he's already broken, you know, the, the halfway point of what he would make in one year salary while holding a job as a politician. $100,000 in one day, which is the next best on Cameo ever to Bon Jovi. I mean, the one day single record. So it's pretty incredible. Uh, he said he's gonna, he's gonna be living forever. You know, to all of the haters out there, like do your thing, I'm gonna be living forever. What does it tell you when George Santos gets expelled from Congress and then he gets on Cameo and makes bank like this? Well, I, I have all the respect in the world for anyone who can hustle. Like you said, don't hate the player, hate the game. The game's to get rich, and George Santos is doing it. So all the credit in the world to him. <laughs> I mean, the guy is a content machine. He's been accused of making up virtually every detail of his personal life, where he went to college, sports. Is he gay? Is he, you know, trans, uh, cross-dresser, all those sorts? He, he's like, it's almost like we're living in the Truman Show right now where he's just messing with us. Everyone thinks we're messing with him. I'm not so sure that's the case, and he's not pulling the strings here. The latest update I saw was that he had passed his entire congressional salary in 48 hours. If I could make an entire year's worth of salary in two days filming videos, I'd have the greatest Ugh. job in the world. The man is funny. You can hate what he's done, and you can think a lot of the allegations are terrible and all that stuff. But humor is humor. And George Santos, at a baseline level, is a hilarious human. Uh, totally. And we actually have a sound bite from him. So let's quickly listen to that. Megan, how are you, darling? I hear that you're getting some tough heat in the press and that life might be a little rocky now. Let me tell you something. If you believe in what you stand for and if you fight for what you do and you stand by those convictions, screw the haters. The haters are going to hate. Look, they can boot me out of Congress, but they can't take away my good humor or my larger than life personality, nor my good faith and the absolute pride I have for everything I've done. So this is about you, Megan. Be yourself unapologetically. Just love yourself. Just make sure that you don't buy into the hate and stand your ground and don't let them force you out. Don't let them bully you. You do you, girl. I'm cheering for you. Mwah. <laughs> oh my God, I love the mwah at the end. Like, actually, I that was my first cameo I've ever seen from George Santos. Uh, hilarious. Uh, motivational speaker in his future. Maybe. If he can manage to stay out of prison, I would love to see a George Santos <laughs> speaking to her. That would sell tickets like hotcakes, and I would absolutely go to it 100%. Yeah, watch out, Tony Robbins. Uh, okay. From one thing that's probably we wouldn't have expected uh, at the beginning of 2023 to something that honestly, I was going to say maybe we wouldn't have expected, but we, we would expect this to happen uh, because it's Gavin Newsom and he's a complete hack and the most woke politician, well, one of the most, most woke politicians in this country. Uh, David, there are now a law, there's a law going into effect January 1st in California 
thanks to, again, Gavin Newsom. Uh, here's what's going to happen. If you're a shop, you have more than 500 employees, and you are selling children's toys, there is a law that you must have a gender-neutral toy by January 1st, or you risk being fined $500. Uh, this is insane. Uh, because they're saying now that companies need to display a reasonable selection of toys, regardless whether they traditionally market them towards boys or girls. Uh, I don't understand how this makes sense because we saw what happened with Target, remember earlier this summer, the tuck-friendly bathing suits uh, and how it caused their stock, among a couple other things, to absolutely plummet. No one wants this. D who's, who's asking for all these gender-neutral toys? Yeah, that's the thing. What's the market? Like, who's paying for this? We live in a capitalist society. Money and the consumer are supposed to drive decisions. When I was a little kid, I played with the big G.I. Joe action figures, right? I had a, probably a dozen of them, the tanks, the Jeeps, all the guns, most fun in the world. How are you going to market a gender-neutral G.I. Joe action figure to a six-year-old? How are you going to market a gender-neutral Barbie? Like, what does that even mean? Is Barbie now required to make gender-neutral dolls? I don't get it. Who's buying this garbage? And even if five or six people do buy it, is that worth the production that's going to take? Like, I thought this was the United States of America and businesses had the right to sell or not sell whatever they wanted. I guess California is more like Pyongyang, North Korea, where the where the dictatorship will essentially lend a ruling down and everyone has to follow the decree that the government sets. This is beyond dumb. I would force them to find me. I would not comply. And I'd explain to them, no one's buying this junk and I'm not purchasing it to then sell it if no one's going to take it off the shelves. This is beyond stupid, Charlie. Yeah, and, and it's it's true because there's, I mean, is every store just going to carry the same toys? Because I can't imagine that there's tons of people already making gender neutral toys. I don't, I, again, yeah, you're right. What does that even mean? Is I guess here's here's what I, you know what there there got to be loopholes in all of this because when I think about what's a gender neutral toy is a book considered a toy I think it could be considered a toy what if you just hey here's a a book about a dinosaur that's gender neutral you can you can be a boy or girl and like to read about dinosaurs I mean there's got to be some loopholes here that I'm store, sure stores will be able to use uh, but in terms of like the very specific toys like you mentioned you're right how do you make a gender neutral Barbie. I mean, why does if it has long hair, just, is that is that mean that it's more female? If it has breasts, is that then female? Or could you say, oh no, this is a um, this is a a, a doll that has received gender affirming care? I mean, <laughs> could you like? There's so many different arguments you could make here. That's what I'm going to say. Why doesn't the store just claim that it's gender uh, fluid? And when the when the government comes in, they'll say, well, that that today <laughs> is whatever it is. And then what is the government going to deny their gender identity? That's yes. pretty bigoted. Can't allow that. Can't allow that. So that's what I would do. Force that's, to prove it's not. That would be horribly new. hateful. That exactly. would be horribly hateful. Okay, yes, you're right. Every store should declare themselves gender fluid. I love that. I think that's the greatest idea. One day, this doll wants to identify as female. The next, male. Therefore, gender neutral. This is, we just, we just solved the world's problems. Look at that. Should, well should, done, Charlie. should we run for office? I feel oh, like we, we, we might we, actually have... What, 80% of the vote? 90% of the vote? Yeah. We cruise to the White yeah. House. This is insane. Uh, I'm so proud of us. Uh, also, we are getting down to the, the answers that, you know, really do truly matter in this country. Uh, such also is how much money does a man need to make for a woman to be with him? 
And I did an MOS on this a couple of weeks ago. So before we, we get into the developments here of what we found, you coming into play, let's take a little look back at what I was able to uncover on the streets. How much money does a man need to make if you're going to date him? I don't need to think about it. What, do you, what comes to mind? You know, I want to say like a million dollars, you know, but like I'm trying to be realistic here. Set, set, yeah, I, I like that you're setting the bar high for yourself. Obviously, I want to live nice, you know, like I want everything. I'm a tourist too, so like I need like that comfort. How much money does a man need to make if you're going to date him? Um, Probably like a hundred grand. Okay, that's, that's not too bad. I don't feel like that's asking for so much. No, not bad. I think as long as he has a job and he's passionate about it and he's doing what he needs to and providing, I don't think that there's like a set number. Honestly, I respect that so much because there's a lot of women these days who feel super entitled and have like these crazy answers as to what a man needs to make, even though they're not bringing much to the table themselves. Yeah. Will you date a broke guy? Probably not. It's <laughs> okay, me either. I want him to at least match me or be better, so we gotta make at least. I mean, I want you to make at least three figures or something, but they don't have to. <laughs> yes, three figures. <laughs> three, three. I need three. That's three. Three. That's like in the hundreds, though. I mean, six figures. I'm sorry, six figures. So. I'm like, you're worth more than three figures. Would you date a broke guy? Not at this age, no, ma'am. No broke man. No. Six figures, not. I love it. <laughs> that still makes me laugh. Three figures. She's like, wait a second. That's not what I meant. Um, okay, so obviously the answers were all the way on both ends of the spectrum. We started out with a girl who insisted that uh, she needed a million bucks from the guy in order to take him seriously or, you know, even have a, a relationship with him. And then someone said, as long as he has a job he's passionate about and is able to provide, so that's a little bit open-ended. But David, you were fascinated by hearing about this, so you decided to delve into this a little bit further, writing a story on Outkick.com, going on social media, posing the question to your followers, how much money does a man need to make? So talk to me about what you found. Well, what I found was that that video was one of the funniest things I'd ever seen in my life. And I don't want to be the person <laughs> to humble the young lady who said a million dollars a year. But darling, <laughs> I got bad news for you if that's where you're setting the bar. So I thought I'd go out to what people thought. Most of the OutKick audience just said, I mean, they were very pro-love. They're like, if I love the guy and he's able to pay the bills, I don't need much. And uh, I thought that was very respectful. I did ask someone privately, uh, how much would it take for you, young woman that we know? And she said half a million dollars. And I was quite frankly stunned at that as well, because I don't think people understand less than 1% of the population makes half a million dollars a year. I'm a working class guy. I don't have much. I came from the backwoods of Wisconsin, climbing up the ladder for every penny I have. These people who are like, you need to make a million dollars a year before I date you. You better be a Victoria <laughs> Secrets model if that's your mindset. You better be among the top 1% of the women in the world if I'm going to be required to be in the top 1% income of the world. And unfortunately, Charlie, I just don't feel like some of the women making those claims are in that percentile. I don't mean to sound mean, but these are the facts. Uh, they are facts. Uh, here's one thing I will say. Now, it was interesting, though, because the girl who commented on... Um, the man needing to make a million dollars. She wasn't even from New York. She actually said that. She's like, I'm just visiting town. What I will say is the expectations in New York, in New York City, are very, very high for women. Uh, 
because I think that they are accustomed to coming across, because let's be honest, in New York, people are making, in a lot of cases, more money here than they're making in other places, which is a requirement because it's such an expensive city to live in. So women here, they have a little bit of head in the clouds expectations uh, as to what a man needs to make, and they are kind of more used to being around people with more money. Uh, that's not a defense that necessarily holds up, but it is a little bit of a defense. I'm just going to throw that out there. But yes, generally speaking, I think the entitlement has gone from here to here in, I don't know in how many recent years, but it just seems like that with social media because people flaunt so much and they're used to seeing, oh, people are living these type of lives, even though as we've seen, you have people walking onto a private plane for show. And then they have, there's like, I think it was Lil Bow Wow. And then there was like a photo of him being on a commercial jet or a commercial plane after he had posted that he was on a private plane. Uh, so it's all kind of a farce. Uh, but something else I really loved about your article, David, is you posted photos of you dating a woman. You were like, for all those people out there who question whether or not I've actually dated a woman, like been in a relationship where I can speak on this, I love that you provided photo evidence. Uh, that's what a real journalist would do, by the way. Uh, you got to bring the receipts. And, and look, I, I felt that it was important <laughs> for the people to know I wasn't making this up. There's a lot of, you know, rumors <laughs> that are like, you've never dated a woman. Women hate you. Women want to spit in your face. Some women certainly do. That's a fact. I'm willing to accept that fact. But here, here's another fact. Uh, trust me, there's no issues in that department, as Donald Trump would say. <laughs> yeah, and, and you also had mentioned that now you're with someone who has a very sensible money mentality, but you have been with women in the past who haven't been. So uh, you can speak from experience, and, and I always appreciate that. Um, okay, let's get into our final topic. This one is crazy, uh, but again, not a surprise in 2023, because so many universities around the country have gone woke, as we have witnessed time and time again. Uh, but the latest example that we have is Ohio State University now has an online health course that requires students to address their white in hetero privileges. Uh, so some of the activities that were listed on the document for students to select from, uh, there's exercises in unpacking. That's what they're calling some of these privileges. Uh, and they're referring to them as knapsacks. So right, you're, uh, you're unpacking your knapsack. There's the white privilege knapsack. There's the heterosexual privilege knapsack. Oh, and also the able-bodied privilege knapsack. So if you want to sign up for this course, you need to unpack these knapsacks and talk about the privileges that come along with being in, in these three categories. David, yeah. I don't even know I, what question to ask here, but just why. The, the privilege discussion sends me over the edge every single time. I, you know, the, here's what I would say to these people. Everyone who hit the beach almost exclusively on D-Day, June 6, 1944, white men. Was that a privilege? The highest death rates on workplace, white men. Is that a privilege? People working in the mines, white men, privilege. Vietnam War, white men, that privilege. How about Iraq and Afghanistan? So I'm not really quite sure what privilege we're talking about. As for able body privilege, that's among the dumbest things I've ever heard in the world. Like, I guess I'm <laughs> sorry that I was born and my, my body works. I mean, it does feel like I'm an old man, even though I'm 31, but it works to some degree. <laughs> this privilege, this privilege nonsense has got to end. Everyone has good qualities about them. Everyone has bad qualities about them. We're human. That's the way it is. If you think white people have so much privilege or you think they're so able body privilege, then sign up for every horrific thing that when we have to send people into a meat grinder, 
Weirdly enough, the majority of combat deaths in this country are white men. So I don't know, Charlie, was that a privilege to die on the beaches in Normandy? Was that a privilege to die in the jungles of Vietnam? Like what privilege is going on? You hit the nail right on the head. Uh, and this reminds me of Dana White's comments from last week about what our country is coming to with this weak younger generation and what's actually going to happen, you know, when we do need people to fight for this country, you know, who are going to be the people that volunteer to go storm the beaches of Normandy, if you will. Uh, and it and it really shows, you know, the military finally is paying attention because they were so focused for such a long time on DEI, right, on diversity hires. Uh, they were showing, you know, the lesbian mothers and the, the trans soldiers rather than sticking to their, you know, traditional audience or those that they were actually finding success in recruiting from, uh, which was Flyover America uh, along the Bible Belt, which Dana White also referenced. And now they're realizing, now that they are having the recruitment crisis, now that there is an actual crisis on our hands uh, in terms of the conflict going on around the world, uh, they're realizing, oh my gosh, we probably should get back to what we knew was working. So now they are shoving all the DEI to the side. And now they are focusing again on middle America. And you can even see in their commercials, they're showing white men again. They weren't doing that for a really long time. Now they're showing white men flying the helicopters. Now they're showing them doing all these manly things. So obviously, uh, if you want to call this privilege, fine. Uh, but this is the privilege that has been found to be the ones to support America. Without a, without a doubt, to your point on the commercials, I, I've noticed that and a lot of people have noticed that we're on the brink of a war. And all of a sudden, the recruiting commercials aren't about, you know, gay rights or anything like that. Or they're about dudes killing people again. It's like all of a sudden they figured out, wait a second, we pushed out all the people who actually wanted to do this job and we desperately now need them back through the, the, you know, the mandates they had. And my point to this is, look, the Starbucks barista isn't coming to save you. Your gender studies professor yep. isn't coming to save you. Farm kids from Wisconsin, ranch kids from Montana, kids from Texas and Alabama. That's who's coming to save you. That is your first line of defense in a foreign war. If you push them out, we are cooked. Uh, yeah, great point. And, and I think a new policy should be uh, if you come into this country as an illegal immigrant through the southern border, you should be responsible for paying off the student loan debts of those that decide to go and get degrees in gender studies. Do you think we could put that into our campaign when we run for office together? Yeah, we can. We can definitely have that as a discussion point. We will we'll dig. We'll, we'll unpack that one together. <laughs> OK, David, thank you so much. I look forward to brainstorming because I think it's it's been made pretty clear that you and I need to be the ones in charge of making change in this country. So uh, we, we will get started on that ASAP. Thanks, Charlie. See you later. See you soon. Outkick the morning. We'll be right back after a short break. Stay tuned. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, okay, everyone. Well, while I put my campaign together, I have another very hard-hitting question for you as we get into today's final story. 
Who is the better athlete? Is it Taylor Swift or her Super Bowl champion boyfriend, Travis Kelsey? Now, this is a question that must be asked after Taylor detailed her rigorous workout routine that prepped her for the Eras Tour, and I must say, I am impressed. In her Time Person of the Year interview, she detailed her workout, saying she would sing her set list on the treadmill every day, and she would run fast for fast songs and do a jog or a fast walk for slow songs. And then she would follow up her time on the treadmill with an intense weightlifting session at the Celeb Hotspot Dog Pound, which, by the way, not so much of a humble, humble brag, but I've worked out there a few times myself. Uh, for those of you who do the treadmill, you do realize that treadmill minutes are not real minutes. Each minute on a treadmill, at least three minutes in real time. So I give Taylor Swift even more props because the Eras Tour spans 45 songs. It's approximately three hours and 45 minutes long. So basically, she's running a marathon for her workouts. This alone gives her reason to be Times Person of the Year. Now, obviously, with workouts like these and her grueling tour schedule, Taylor Swift is entitled to some R&R, as are all elite athletes. And when asked about how she recovers, Swift said this, quote, I do not leave my bed except to get food and take it back to my bed and eat it there. It's a dream scenario. I can barely speak because I've been singing for three straight shows. And every time I take a step, my feet go crunch, crunch, crunch from dancing in heels. But it's the most fulfilled I've ever felt. Uh, which I also want to interject here to all of the men out there. Wearing high heels is no joke. Just, just solely walking in high heels is a task and can be very painful. So I can't even imagine dancing for nearly four hours nonstop in high heels. So again, props to Taylor Swift. That does take athletic ability. I would like to see any man who considers himself an elite athlete try to wear heels for four hours, but but also please just don't because then I won't respect you. Uh, oh, and the other aspect of being a top tier athlete is discipline. So how is Taylor's? Well, this is what she told Time. Quote, I know I'm not drinking on tour. I know I'm working out in between shows. I know I'm keeping my strength and stamina up. I know I'm going on that stage, whether I'm sick, injured, heartbroken, uncomfortable, or stressed. Uh, okay, this is also something that really should be touted because think about when you're not really in the mood to do anything, right? You're stressed, you're heartbroken, you're injured. Sometimes even just coming into work or doing menial tasks around the house when you're in those mindsets, not happening, right? You just want to kind of be like a blob on the couch and just like sit and like get in your feels. But you can't do that if you're an athlete. You gotta get out there and you gotta perform because you are a member of a team and people are relying on you to do your best and do your job. So again, Taylor, I am impressed. That is a mentality not many people have. And I must say, every day that goes by, I am more convinced, never thought I would say this, I actually remember at the beginning, I said no way this relationship is real, but now I have gotten to a point where like I said, every day, I'm a little bit more convinced that Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are actually a match made in heaven. She totally gets the mindset of what it takes to be a pro athlete. Uh, she also helps to elevate Kelsey's game when she's in attendance. So she's not only a good athlete, but also a tremendous teammate. Because when I look at Kelsey's numbers, when Taylor Swift is at a Chiefs game, Kansas City is 4-1 and one so far. Kelsey has had, on average, 38 catches. Oh, no, this is a total. 38 catches for 513 yards. That equals about 102.6 yards per game. He's had two touchdowns, and during those games, 
he has had 13.5 yards per reception. So his numbers are great when she's there. So maybe the question is, who isn't the better athlete? But is there a duo, a couple duo out there that can beat out these two superstars when they are together? I'm going to argue no. The only, the only couple that comes to mind, and I would need evidence to back it up, so maybe if they, they feel so compelled, they can put it out there. Maybe Russell Wilson and Sierra. Maybe. Kind of fall in the same line, you know, like uh, singer, athlete. But I don't think so. I, I, just, I just don't see them beating them out. Uh, so there's some questions for you, everybody. We've got two. Should Conor McGregor be Ireland's president? Chime in on the comments with your feelings there. Also, Who's the better, better athlete in the couple of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey? And if, and if you can't decide, like I just said, I'm not really sure, is there a better duo that could beat out these two? There are some questions for you. I want to hear what you have to say, so make sure you're dropping those in the comments. Or you can find me on social media at TV and leave me a comment there. Let's keep this discussion going. Uh, on that note, everybody, I've got to say goodbye. This has been so much fun. Uh, I have realized, and I have had it confirmed, it is Thursday today. So if any of you also woke up, not so sure. It's okay. I'm here to help you. I'm here to educate you, to help you learn. Uh, and tomorrow's Friday, which obviously the greatest day of the week, because then it's the weekend and we all love that. Uh, so, okay, everybody go have a fabulous Thursday and I will see you same place, same time tomorrow.